Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Pei Zayin, the penultimate Daf in Maseches Yuma. We'll begin, as Zalman Dov astutely pointed out, eight lines from where the wide, lines get wide on Pei Vavam and Bez. And we are still talking about the topic of tshuva. We were talking about what is a complete Baal tshuva. And we said, it, first of all, is a person who has the opportunity essentially to do the same act, and then the second time he doesn't. Then we start talking about whether a person should tell others about his Averos. In other words, should you keep it on the down low or should you reveal it? And we said, well, if it's Bechet for some, said the Gemara, then certainly one way to handle a right, a chait uh, that everybody knows about is to already talk about it, and thus the embarrassment and the public, right, working through that chait will show people that it's serious. Again, in both cases, what we're talking about is the consideration is Kavot Shemaim, right? So if there's a chait, listen, everyone is human fallible. So if, if you can sort of, if people are not aware of it, so then sometimes if you publicize, oh, by the way, and I did this, and I did this, I did that, it could give, right, a discouragement, and it could be a, some, somehow it could diminish the covered shemaim if you do that. Whereas if it's something that's public and you don't address it, that also could diminish covered shemaim. So the, I think the main thrust is to increase covered shemaim, that's what Rashi says here. Right? If somebody is that's a mute covered shemaim. And I would say similarly, right? If somebody is chote in private and then he publicizes it, that's also a mute covered shemaim. So the idea is not not to. Um, not to, is to increase covered shemaim. That's, that's a big consideration in terms of when you, whether you reveal or conceal it. But we'll see. There's, there's more to this as follows. A second possibility of Zutra by Tuviyam or Nachman. Very interesting thing. A very interesting thing. That when it's Bein Adam Lamakum, that really is between you and God, as they say, right? That's between you and Hashem. And therefore, you, you can keep that right, um, between you and Hashem. But ben Adam lechavero, consider, this is what we ended off yesterday, consider this, any time you wronged another, can you imagine if any time somebody did something, ben Adam lechavero, that was inappropriate to his friend, they should reveal it. The Rambam, as we mentioned yesterday, actually codifies this. This is what he says. When you are, right, in, involved in something where you wronged somebody, ben Amlachavero, you're not supposed to just ask him for mechila three times on Erev Yom Kippur. You're supposed to go to the town square, so to speak, and say, I did this and this, and be as specific as you can about what you did. Wow. That is truly, um, that is truly Madrega, and you can imagine how that would certainly be effective in terms of ben Amlachavero. And because, again, it could be the same theme, that it's not, uh, an issue of Kavot Shemaim. Right? This is an issue of being able to uh, motivate also. There's a lot of aspects to it, but being able to motivate everybody, right? That's a, definitely an incentive. If you think that if, if you, if once you do that, that would certainly, uh, once you publicize what you did, but that could be real course correction in terms of correcting people to 
real tshuva in terms of how they treat one another. Okay, now, weiter. Tanya. Rabbi Yosef, Behuda, Amir. Adam, Aver, Aver, Parmishana, Machalin, Lo. Shniya, Machalin, Lo. Shlishis, Machalin, Lo. Ravius, Ein, Machalin, Lo. Person is a repeat offender. And he keeps doing an Avera. Now, you forgive him. Here it sounds like you, you forgive him each time. Is he, presumably he's doing tshuva, right? So the point is, you do an Avera and you do tshuva for it. You do an Avera, you do tshuva. And we're each time. But the fourth time, he's not forgiven. Okay. So the question is, um, you're going to need more. The issue here is that you're going to need more than just, right, tshuva here after that time. Why? So it says like this. So this is what we're talking about. The person, this is the Pasuk in Amos, the person did tshuva, right? But he, uh, he did tshuva, but on the, th- uh, the th- first three times it works. The fourth time, I'm not even going to look at his tshuva. The Oimer, hein kol ela yifal kel pa'amayim shalosh im gaver. That Hashem is going to turn, this is from Eov, towards the human being, two or three times, right? But beyond that, no. So the Gemara asks, Maiva Omer, why do you need this second pasuk? Why is the first pasuk not enough? In other words, the first one says, Then it says, Hashem's going to look, It's interesting, you have three and four, then you have two and three. Well, if Hashem's going to listen to you three times, to your tshuva, so certainly he's going to listen to it two times, as it says in the second pasuk, why do you need the second pasuk? So the Gemara answers like this, You might have thought, that the first Pasuk talks about all of Klal Yisrael, right? Because in the first Pasuk it says, Al Pishe Yisrael. In the second, it says, Im Gaver. So the first one's in the plural, and the second one's in the single. So maybe Klal Yisrael, when it asks for forgiveness collectively, he'll listen three times, or three or four times, and then the fourth time not. And an individual will listen twice, and the third time not. So no. Tashma, Hein Kol Eli Fal El Kel, Pamaim Shalosh Im Gaver. Right? So he says, no. You learn the proof, proof from uh, from from the from the first pasuk, and then it says, "Mikan ve'elach ein mochalam lo." Shemar ashlo shapi Yisrael ve'alarbala shivenu. So this actually leads to a little bit. This last thing of "Mikan ve'elach ein mochalim lo" is a little bit of a girsa issue, right? What exactly is the answer of the Gemara? And basically, uh, it, it sounds like, according to, and the article quotes the Rush that basically it sounds like the community, maybe it's unclear. Is it treated more severely or is it treated better than the individual? It's not 100% clearer in the Gersa, but the, the push-up shot is that both uh, the, the individual and the community, um, in the answer of the Gemara at least, is treated such that the first three times you are answered and then the fourth time you're not. Now, you're always going to be answered for tshuva, each one of those times. The only thing is, right, you're going to need to really do something drastic the fourth time, or maybe you'll have to have one of the extra things that we mentioned before, Yisur and etc. It basically speaks to the idea of a repeat offender needs to change your habits, just like any, right, habit that becomes, well, habitual, right? Just like anything that you do becomes habitual. Sometimes you need to do something more drastic in order to get out of the routine. And the point being, right, if you're doing tshuva and it's sincere 
and you could fail in that a couple of times, that's fine. But if doing the Avera and then doing the Tshuva just becomes part of like a repetitive routine, so maybe you should switch up your routine. That's all. I'm not looking at you, Andrew, because of, I'm suggesting that this applies to you. I'm looking at you because you're one of the main people here. Okay. So, middle of the wide uh, lines, we say like this. Tana Rabbanu. I'm going to talk about the Vidui now. Avera shitzvada aleim yom kippurin this is unbelievable. That once you have done vidui, this is an unbelievable havamina. We do not paskin like this. The suggestion of the Gemara here is that once you've done uh, vidui on a specific avera, so then you're done with that avera, right? You're moving on. You're not going to do vidui on it the following Yom Kippur. Uh, however, an important qualification, obviously if you ever did the Avera again, then you would have to do Vidui for it again. This is just assuming you did an Avera, you did Vidui and Kippur for it, and then you never did it again. Okay. But here becomes an interesting question. Let's say you did an Avera, you did Vidui, and then you never did it again. So that's good. So says the Gemara, that's perfect, but if that was the case, and then and for whatever reason, despite not having done the Avera again, you did Vidui for it again, that's unbelievable. That this Pasuk in Mishle, which we've referred to in other contexts, that we say that just like a dog eats its own like excrement, so too, right, a fool repeats his foolishness, this uh, Gemara is applying that Pasuk amazingly to an individual who does tshuva and doubles down on tshuva on an Avera that he doesn't do anymore. Why would you do tshuva again? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yezab and Yaakov Amer, kol shekein shehu meshubach. What do you mean? That's even better. Do the do tshuva all the time. Why do you have to stop feeling bad that you did that Avera once? Yes, enachinami, you did tshuva. But why should you stop feeling bad and doing tshuva Right? We always say, right, that this is David Amalek talking. He says, what? That even though I know my sins, my sin is always next to me. I have no illusions about the fact that the sin is gone forever. The scars are with me, right? The stain is on me. And therefore, yes, Hashem has forgiven me. But I still feel bad that I did it. Wow. So, amazingly, Rabbeinu Yonah, it seems, agrees with the Tanakama. He's like a Das Yachid. The Rambam does not, and it's just an interesting uh, idea here because typically speaking, uh, the Rambam holds that whenever we have uh, two opinions, whenever we have a Machlokas, he holds by Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, as Rabari Leibowitz points out, was, did not speak often. He did not often offer an opinion, but when he did, it was glot. When Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov offers an opinion, he was very, very clear-headed, and so he always passes like Rabbi ben Yaakov, and therefore, even though it's a name, right, you might think, well, I don't hear this name that often, and yet his shita seems to be how we hold, that we always, right, when we say vidui, right, ashamnu, right, bagadnu, so when we say ashamnu bagadnu, we're, we're saying the same of Eros, and we're spelling them all out, and the, all the alchets every year. So what if you stop doing some of those of Eros? So we hold like Rabbi ben Yaakov, that we mention the alchets, and we try to talk about all our sins all the time to keep ourselves in check. Okay. So the question the Gemara asks then, if you hold like Rebbe Yaakov, so what do you do with that Pasuk? I don't totally understand that question. We, we have that Pasuk in other contexts. 
There's a lot of different things that that pasuk can mean. It doesn't have to mean tshuva, but be that as it may, the Gemara resolves that by saying, What it really means is what we started saying before. Why aren't you... Um, why aren't you forgiven the fourth time? Because it becomes habitual. Once you do an aver multiple times, hutrulo, it becomes to, permitted to him. The Gemara um, now is going to deflect the obvious uh, inference that it does not mean, which is hutrulo salakadaitach. Does it really mean that it becomes mutter to him? Like, is that a workaround shtick, a life hack? Do an aver a few times and then Hashem says, fine, you could do that one? No, obviously it's not what it means. Right, obviously in his mind, it becomes as if it's mutter. Right. So, 13 lines up from the bottom. Another halacha. The person has to specify what his sins are. So this is another aspect of vidu. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem a very interesting thing. He says, he points out to Hashem that the exact sin of the golden calf, right? The exact sin of Chet Egel, they made an Egel, and they, and he spells it out. That's what Yehudah ben Baba says. So now we're really getting down into the crux of, do you cover a sin again, or do you express it, right? So Yehudah ben Baba says you express it. Rekiva says, what do you mean? It says in Tehillim, Nesui Pesha Kesui Chata'ah. Praiseworthy is the person, right, who's who's able to hide his sin. So what's better, what's worse? So fascinating thing. The first thing of Anachata Amazeh was said by Moshe Rabbeinu. The second thing was it's great to cover your sin and keep it on the down low was David Melch. Says the Gemara, fascinating idea. Well, why did he say Vyasulah Melchizahav? And it spelled out the uh, the sin of the Cheta Egel. An amazing idea. Abiyanai held that this was Moshe Rabbeinu trying to defend Klal Yisrael. He said to Klal, to, to Kodesh Baruch Hu, Kodesh Baruch Hu, you spoiled them. Of course they made a golden calf. You gave them all the crazy bling and gold coming out of Mitzrayim. So what did you expect was going to happen when you spoil the child, and give him all this gold, of course, they weren't emotionally ready, and they're going to do something stupid with it. So this was Moshe Rabbeinu's attempt to what? To, to explain, to rationalize B'nai Yisrael's, right, um, behavior in the Chet Egel, right, and, uh, and thus advocate for them and speak on their behalf. A beautiful idea. Okay. So says the Gemara, however, how, so, so that's what he was doing, in other words. The answer of the Gemara is he wasn't trying to be mefarit the chait. On the contrary, he was trying to sort of make an excuse for them. Okay. So, Shnei Parnasim Tovim says the Gemara, Yisrael. We had two excellent leaders, but they had two different approaches. Moshe Vedavid. Moshe Amar Yikasev Surchani. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted his Avera, so to speak, to be written everywhere. Rashi Yikasev Surchani. Right? Surchani says, the, says, um, uh, the, uh, well, well, let's see, Rashi is going to say in a second. What's going on here? So Rashi explains. Was after Moshe hit the rock, he says, right, you didn't believe me, like the Shani. And what Rashi points out is that this is mentioned every time, says the, says the Rashi. Uh, it's the first Rashi on the inside, one of the first, the second one. Everywhere it meant, where it mentions 
that Moshe Rabbeinu dies and mentioned his Avera. It's as if Moshe Rabbeinu, says Rashi, was asking, please mention this as many times as you can, associate me with this Avera. Why would he do so? As a way of, like, sort of repentance, as a way of showing that he's human, perhaps, right? He's not ashamed to associate with his fallibility and to mention it all the time, okay? David, however, said, Amar, Ali Kasef Serchani, yeah, 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 don't, don't, don't write what I did. Shneemar, Asher Nesu Pesha Kasoy Chata, the aforementioned Pasuk in Tehillim, where he says, you know, pray, it's a great praiseworthy thing would be if you're, if nobody knows your thing, right? No, if you're, if your transgression is covered. Mashal de Moshe David, the Ma'adavar Dama. So how are you going to express the difference between exposing it so much as Moshe Benu did and keeping it on the download as David Melech did? Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways why you can get Malkus and Bezdin. So, of course, you see two women, they're getting Malkus and Bezdin. That's a big hawk. Everybody's talking. Gossip is what it is, unfortunately. And people are going to say, ooh, I wonder what she did. That's interesting. So, well, they did two very different things. One committed adultery, Khalila, and the other one ate the unripe figs of Shvius, which is a Shiloh altogether, whether the violation of that essay. Don't forget, Shvius is a mitzvah, Sasei Shazman Garama, potentially. There may not even be this Page Shvius, besides they're unripe. It's unclear. It's a whole sugya, whether that's even Usr. But this is a Raya, that it is Usr. This is Rabbi Gross's, oh my goodness, Rabbi Gross is getting uh, really into the daf these days. He's putting out like five, six Bechinas and Ha'aras every day on the WhatsApp. I have to get you on that WhatsApp. Anyway, this was his one question yesterday. How do we know because it's a big shayla, how do we know that there's even an iser bichlal say on the Shemitah, on the Page? Anyway, this is the raya from our Gemara that it's aser bichlal. That we, not, we may not have known. So the point is, one did the worst Avera you can imagine. The other did an Avera that we didn't even know was an Avera. Anyway, technically they both get Malkus. That in itself is questionable. What do you mean? Shvius is a mitzvah say. Why would you get Malkus? So that is questionable. Uh, the other side is also questionable. Adultery is you're supposed to get chiv misa, so it must be. So you learn anyway. There's a lot of lumpus here. Could be that the hasra says Rabbi Leibowitz that the woman who did adultery, the warning that she got was that it's going to be malchus, not it's going to be misa, and therefore you cannot give her more than what she was warned. Be that as it may, one did a horrible avera. This is what the point of the gemara is, and one did like. Maybe not even a vera, maybe like something that was really the lightest you could imagine. So the worst and the be- and, and and the least you could imagine both look the same to the outside observer. Is the point? So what does the person who ate the figs of Shvius say? She's like, here I am getting flogged publicly. People are looking, and I'm next to Shprinza. She was an adulteress. So I mean. What are people going to say? So So she says to her, her the people who are right uh, punishing her publicly here. The one who ate the the fig says, "I beg of you guys, please make it known what I'm getting flogged for here." I don't want to be like associated with her. She did something way worse, and half the neighborhood knows it. And now I'm getting the same punishment? That looks terrible. So they complied. So they took a necklace of Shvius and they hung it around her neck. They took a necklace made out of, right, the figs of Shvius. They hung it around her neck. Nothing to see here. This is just the Shvius of Era. Oh, so this is what? 
This is what the difference is between Moshe Rabbeinu and Davin Melech, right? Moshe Rabbeinu is happy for his sin to be publicized in a sense because was that even really a sin hitting the rock? You have like the Abar Benel gives what? 10 reasons, 20 reasons, right? We're trying to figure out what even the sin was. Is there really is it even a Vera? Whereas David Melech, well, we know kind of, you know, what that looked like and therefore better to keep it on the down low. That's what the Gemara is saying, right? So the woman who's, uh, who, who violated adultery, she, she would love to borrow the fig necklace um, as well, keeping her sin on the down low. Now, this is a good time to expose sin. Here's the kind of sin that's good to expose. If somebody is a hypocrite, when a tzaddik turns and acts corruptly, I'm going to put a michshol in front of him. We, we said that pasuk already in a different context. We said that that's when we said that the, right, these donos, nasos, ki, shgagos, right, the avel really uh, is, is, um, is purposeful, michshol is um, a stumbling block. But the point here is, is that the uh, ideas with hypocrites, right, it's also something that, that, that could be a, a chil Hashem, right? You have somebody who everybody looks up to, and then a young, you know, some young innocent person knows, oh, this is a leg- legendary Torah figure, and they're not acting appropriately. So it's important to expose that hypocrisy because it could be very damaging to a young innocent person to see somebody who's supposedly a legendary Tam Chacham that everybody respects acting inappropriately could really mess with them. And so really everything should be um, on the up and up when it comes to those things in order to, right, to avoid the Chil Hashem therein. Okay. Says the Gemara, four lines up from the bottom, on Pei Vavim Beis. The Tshuva of the absolutely muhlat, absolutely Russia, wicked, it blocks punishment. Even that tshuva works. Wow. So this is encouraging for the wicked, that even though they were already sentenced for the gzardin, they could still do tshuva always. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now the Gemara just, the Bryce continues, how are Rishayim, what's going on with Rishayim? Shabbos Rishayim Sofa Tokala. You should know that what, when, Good things happen to bad people. In the end, it's not good for them. In olam And this is just a continuation of the brisa, different kinds of wisdoms. That rashus here is authority. Authority basically buries those who have it. You come in with nothing. You get clothed with immense power, and you leave naked again. And if only you should leave at the same state that you came in, you'd be you'd be lucky. Nobody comes out as as smooth as they walked in when they when they uh, take on responsibility and power. As follows, Rav Whenever you go out, right? Rav was a dayan, so whenever he'd go out to judge dinim, he would say the following. He was known for saying, "I feel like a dead man walking to his death." And he, when I'm when I'm at when I'm at work, when I'm in court, I'm not doing what my tzvubese. Right, the wishes of my of my household of, or my wife. In other words, I'm not taking out the trash and doing the household chores or doing what my family responsibilities are while I'm in court. And then Vareka Lavesa Azil. But and so, you know, that would be excusable if I was on a business trip and I was coming back with gold and silver and treasures and I had something to show for it. But I'm just a dying. I leave home 
like at the crack of dawn, I come home with nothing to show for it. I come home empty-handed. And I that when I came home, I was as good of a dude or I was in as good of shape as I was when I left. Meaning, right, that this position of power and telling people what to do and judging people, while it might seem alluring to some people, is actually just right, like a fool's errand in a sense because you don't get anything for it. You think you're getting something for it because you get the kavod, but really you're coming back even worse off than you left before. Or another example, that was Rav. Here's Rav. He was also dying. Amar Hachi, as we arrive at Pezayin, but Aleph. They say, I'm going again. I'm going to, like, for my, for my own will to my death. The same thing. I'm going against the wishes of my household. And I come home empty-handed. That I should return at least as good as I came in, but I, I come home worse, in other words, than I, than I leave. This uh, Rava was very, very humble. One time, Rava had what? The entourage. The entourage is following him and they give him all this covered. This is a Pasuk from Eov. A lot of Psukim from the Eov are depressing. And the Pasuk means, even though oh, it looks like, ah. All of this, all of this eminence is rising to the heavens. My head's in the clouds. I'm touching the sky, but I'm, I'm still going to perish like my own excrement. And people are going to ask, Aya, where, where, where did he go? Right. In other words, all of this pomp and circumstance eventually will be nothing. Will disappear. Similarly, Rav Zutrak, they used to afford that. That he was a chassid Sherebi, he had so much covered, they would carry him on the shoulders on the way to the Shir Klali and Shabbos. It was unbelievable covered. To which Rezutra would have a Amar, Kilolo Olam Chosen, Vim Nezer Lador Vador. Right? Power doesn't endure forever. The crown doesn't, and, and, and the crown does it last from, from Dor Lador? It does not, certainly it does not. Dor Holech Vador Ba, it's just all fleeting. I think it was Shai Agnon? Ah, I can't remember who it was. My father-in-law, all of Hashem, was always impressed. There was a, a major Israeli, um, well, I think it was Shai Agnon. It was a ma- major Israeli author who was given a big, big, uh, like sort of a prize for literature. And they made a huge deal out of him. And they said, we want to take a picture of you, uh, covered forever, sit at this desk and write something. And so he wrote something. And then... <clears throat> And they took pictures of him and they spread it all over, the famous, famous author. And when they looked to see what he wrote on the desk, he wrote, In other words, uh, a modern day version of the humility that one has, even when afforded kavod. Beautiful. Eight lines down. Okay, so back to the Bryce that we were saying before. Not, don't, show, don't start showing favor and kissing up to an evildoer. But there's another way of interpreting that pasuk. That's the pasuk shot. Says the Gemara. You know, it's not really a good thing for the for the Rishayim when they seems like they're having great time in Olam Hazeh. A good example is Achav, who was a king, but a terrible one, uh, a big Russia, but stuff was working out for him in Olam Hazeh. This is Melachim Aleph. Basically. It says, I'm not going to bring him evil because he was humbled. Achav, right, was really, really bad. And Eliyahu Navi, right, told him he's going to annihilate every member of his family. So at that point, he felt somewhat repentant. 
And when he felt repentant, he said, you're right, I'm not going to kill them. And sure enough, as soon as he was off the hook, as is so typical of human behavior, he started behaving badly again. And what ended up happening was the fact, this is an illustration of the fact, that the, leaving him off the hook by Allah Mazeh was, was to his detriment. Because then in the end, everything, everybody was killed anyways. His whole family was annihilated posthumously, right? After he died, he, this way he wasn't Zakhar Allah Mazeh, and his family was killed anyway, so it was not for his own good. It says the Pasuk in Mishlei, Lahatos Tzadik Mishpat. That, that means tilting the, uh, the scales of justice against the tzaddikim, which is to say, says the Gemara, and similarly, this is sort of like an aspect of tzaddik, right? If you have tzaddikim and everything works out for them, I don't know if that's so good, says the Gemara. Moshe Rabbeinu Dafka did not necessarily have, um, the best, have it the best in Olam Hazesh. This is the aforementioned Pasuk that's mentioned every time we mention Moshe passing away. In that particular context, right, um, says the Gemara, something, something to do with Olam Haba sooner is better. This is kind of the uh, opposite that we necessarily look at it, but what he's basically saying is that if you had believed in me, so then I would have lived longer and time wouldn't have come to go to Olam Haba, which is to say that when Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, I had to hit the rock, now because I had, now I have to actually stay in Olam Hazed longer, it sounds like, right? In other words, if you had believed in me, then, then, right, then your time would still not have arrived, right? So it's, it's unclear, um, in this in this context, uh, in other words, if you had believed in me, then then maybe you wouldn't have died. You would have died. The bottom line is uh, this this pasuk is being brought as an illustration with Moshe Rabbeinu that in fact, right, it's not necessarily the best thing to to have right your reward in this world. We are looking forward to the Olam Haba. A true tzaddik looks at it that way, and that is in fact what the Gemara continues to say. Right? That it's really with as a tzaddik, they're looking at the long game, they're looking at Allah Baba, they're looking at generations to follow them. And now we're going to give a proof because Aaron, we think, suffered the most horrific tragedy law. Nobody should ever suffer, right? His Nadav and view were burnt. Famously, Vaidom Aaron. However, in the uh, description of them dying, it says Shenemar Hano Sarim. His the remaining children are referred to as the survivors, but it uses an interesting lashon, No Sarim. It doesn't say Nish Arim, those who are left. It means No Sarim sounds like No Sar, like like really they all could have been burnt. It's just that they were left because of Aaron Sitkus. That's what the Gemara explains. That really, there were more sons that could have been burnt. There, that's why they're referred to as Nosarim. And the only reason they were not burnt was because of the schus of their father, Aaron, uh, uh, serving them well. Uh, conversely, When you have Rishayim, they are, in fact, of their children for generations. For example, Harbe Bani Mayula Leknan. So we're going all the way back now. Knan, Rishir Uinli Samech Ketavi Avdash Sarim Gamliel. Knan here is referring to, right, the son of, of Noah. Whoa, okay. So he was cursed that his descendants are going to be slaves. 
So, sure enough, Tevi, who was the Evid of Rebbe Gamliel, was one such slave who was a child of Canaan. And to him, right, Tevi was actually, right, uh, was, was a slave. But, as a, as a matter of fact, not all of Canaan's children were, in fact, slaves, right? Um, okay, they were not all necessarily slaves. Who was Canaan? I'm sorry. Um, Canaan was, I think, Noach's grandchild, right? Ham was his father. So I apologize for that. Yeah, so Ham was Canaan's father, uh, right, and Noach's child. So Canaan told, right, his father, anyway, that he saw, that he saw Noach. Uh, be that as it may, it is the children of Canaan that many of them are slaves, but not all of them, right? So not all of them were Roy. There were many who were like Tevi, who was a big tzaddik, they, and, and uh, Rabbi Gamliel was very, very proud of him. And yet, more of them were slaves than necessary, is the point, because of the Avera. So we see the Averas have lasting effect, and the mitzvahs have lasting effect. So that should encourage us to do mitzvahs and discourage us from doing Averas. Continuing in the Brysa. Amazing. A person who's mezakeh the rabbim, if you're doing something right for the public and that's your intention, then you will be saved from sin. However, if you cause the people and encourage them to do averos in some way, interesting lashon, kimat ain't must be tshuva. We almost don't do tshuva. Some, gear, some take out this kimat, I like leaving it in. In other words, you still can do tshuva, but it's almost like impossible to do tshuva when you have what? When you've caused others to sin, certainly. How are you going to, take, how are you going to put that toothpaste back in the tube? That's very difficult, but tshuva is still always within reach for everyone. Okay. For the, how do we know this? Interesting svara, right? Shenemar, as we say in Tehillim, it's like this. Don't abandon me to the grave and don't allow the chasidim to see destruction, which is to say, right, you are Mizaka the Rabbim, you're Makare of a whole generation, then they all get to Gan Eden, and they're like, hey, where's our Rebbe? Uh, it's awkward. It's awkward if, if Rebbe can't make it to Gan Eden also. So therefore, by virtue of having brought all these people to Gan Eden, right, you're going to also be there with them. And conversely, the opposite is also, of course, true. B'chol machtis Rabbim, and speaking about the lessons, Shuva, Shlo Yehu began Eden v'samidav begehenim. Right, that would not make sense either. Right, you have so to speak Talmidim. Right, they learn from your wicked ways. Adam Ashuk This is Mishle. That's why you don't understand any of the words. I mean, you understand them individually, but not together. The person who is guilty, right, of bloodshed shed, shed is going to flee into the pit, and they will not support him. So it's an allusion to the fact that right that you end up in Gehenna. And so, of course, your, your party buddies are going to want to expect you to be at that party in Gehenna, and they're going to say, where's, our, where's the main guy? Okay. Four lines down, two dots in the wide. So this is what the Mishnah had said, that if a person, right, this was on Pehei, that if the person is habitual, not only that, but if he says and that he's going to sin on account and counting on the tshuva thereafter, the Mishnah says he will not, that tshuva will not work for him. To which the Gemara asked, Why is the Lashem of the Mishnah such that it repeats itself? 
Says the Gemara, So again, this is the statement we said before, that when one is in a a repeat offender, it becomes mutter to him, says the Gemara. Does it really become actually mutter to him? No, of course not. It becomes as if it is mutter to him, meaning it's habitual. That's why the Mishnah is using a repetitive language to allude to that habituation, which we should try to avoid. Two dots. Right, so there's two ways you could do it. You could say, I'll sin and then I'll do tshuva. Or you could say, I'll sin and Yom Kippur will be mechaper for me. Oh, that's even, that seems to be worse. Says the Gemara, Rebbe held Yom Kippur is mechaper for everything, even if you're not also tshuva. And it sounds like, right, even under any circumstances, to which the Gemara answers, no, not any circumstances. shiny, says the Gemara. No. Of course, of course, if, it, if you do tshuva, or even if you don't do tshuva, if you have the proper mentality and you go in and you take Yom Kippur seriously, Yom Kippur can be mechaper. That's beautiful. But not if you do an avera and counting on Yom Kippur to be mechaper. Even Rebbe would agree that that doesn't work. Beautiful. Eight lines down in the wide. Aver shibanam l'makom. Here we go. What happens with Aver shibanam l'makom? Then you have to, that's when the Gemara says that benadam l'makom, you can just t- do it between you and Hashem. Benadam l'chavero, you're going to have to have your friend appease, you have, have to appease your friend. So Rami le'i rabbi Yosef bar chabu le'i Rabbi Yosef Bar Chabu appointed, the, uh, pointed out the following contradiction as follows. Right, in Shmuel Aleph, we were talking about if a person sins against man, Hashem accepts that, which is what Eli HaKohen, right, he heard that his sons, famously in Shmuel Aleph, anybody who has... Um, who has daughters who went, or sisters, who uh, learned Navi, remembers this, that, right, that Eli Cohen was giving Musr to his children, right? And he was saying, right, that, that if you sin, that if, the opposite of what we think, that if you sin, then Hashem is going to accept you. But if you sin against Hashem, who's going to accept you? In other words... Right? This is a fascinating counterintuitive thing, right? It's the opposite of our Mishnah. We assume that we take care of it with Hashem. is going to be more difficult. What Eli said to his children seems to be the opposite. He was saying, the, the, the Svarah was basically like this. I mean, what he was trying to say in his, in his uh, Musr is, you know, if I sin against Andrew, I can always talk to Andrew, right? And make sure, sort of verify that Andrew and I are cool. But, if I sin against the Kadosh Baruch Hu, right? So the Kadosh Baruch Hu knows what I did. And I can't smooth talk him out of it. I can't appease him. So that's what he was trying to say. He was try- trying to explain that Ben Adam is very severe. So how do you reconcile that with that mission? It makes it sound like Ben Adam is worse. So it says, the Gemara, like this. Man Elokim Dayana. Dayana just means judges, which is to say, you go to Bezdin. In other words, when it said... Right, that, that this is between you and Hashem, it means no. When you do you're going to end up in court. So he wasn't really saying that that's easier. 
That's okay. So says the Gemara. Iyachi ema seifa veim la Hashem yechata ish mis palelo. What about the the end of the pasuk when it says, yeah, but what's the recourse of someone who sins against Hashem? So says the Gemara. Hachi kamer imichta ish le ish ufilo lokim yimchalo. If a man does a beinam lachaveru avera, and let's say, um, and that then Hashem elokim yimchalo, Hashem will forgive him. Vim la Hashem yechata ish mis palel baado. But if you sin against Hashem. Who is going to peace? What's the answer? Shuva ma'isim toivim. So the Gemara is answering. In other words, he was asking a rhetorical question. It doesn't mean that there's no recourse for um, for bein adam lemakom. He's asking a rhetorical question. He's saying, "What's the way to get out of it?" Shuva ma'isim toivim. Beautiful. And so it's interesting the inclusion here in the Gemara of not only shuva but ma'isim toivim. You know, it's it's a good idea as part of your shuva program. To do ma'isim tovim, it's a, it definitely accelerates that that whole uh, that whole return to Hashem. Okay, let's talk about when benanim lechaveiro how you can appease fourteen lines up. Amar b'itzchak kol amaknet chaveiro afil bedvarim tzarich lefaiso. You have to right if you let's say you didn't cause financial damage to your friend, but you insulted him. You have to right apologize. Shenemar. It says, right, you became a guarantor for your friend and you stuck out your palms for a stranger or became snared with the words of your mouth. So in that Pasuk you say, you see that the words of your mouth in and of themselves can be an Avera Benonim Lechavero. So, So he says, go, do this now, and what are you going to do to lay natzel to get out of this? Kivata bechafrecha lech hisrapes urahav reecha. Since you took something from your friend, go abase yourself. Lech hisrapes. You should humiliate or humble yourselves and treat him like he is your ruler. That is how you can uh, make compensate for the fact that you abused him. Wow. Which is to say, imamon yesh biyarcha heter lopisas yad. Right? If you have money that belongs to him in your hand, so then you should return it. But if not, if you don't owe him money, but you just insulted him, and therefore you kind of owe him a solid, you owe him an apology, gather many friends, this is again codified by the Rambam, and ask for forgiveness, right, in front of all the friends, as many as possible, to make up for your insult. Wow. Is there a sheer to how many people you should gather? Rav Chisla says, yes, three rows minimum of three people minimum each for a total of minimum nine. Yashor Yashor is a line. There's no line that's less than three dots, right? Um, really, the, this, the closest distance between two dots is a line, but in, in line of people, two dudes next to each other is just two guys. Three guys next to each other in a row. That's already a line. So he goes around to people. So when it says Yashor al Anashim, it's multiple Anashim, multiple um, lines, each line three, three lines minimum. And he goes around, he says, I sinned, Aviti, I made crooked that which was straight, right? Aviti, and, and I got no benefit out of it. This is a true chuva for Ben Adam Lechavero. Then Amar Biosi Bacharina called Vakesh Matu Mechavera. Let's say you ask for forgiveness from his friend. There's a limit. You don't ask more than three times. Please forgive 
right? He who hates you, right? The, the one who's spiteful, uh, the spiteful thing that I did, the emace, what if he dies? In other words, you're trying to ask forgiveness as much as you can, but the guy out, uh, died and you, you outlived the guy and you can't get Khalila, uh, you can't get uh, forgiveness. Maybe Asar ibn Adam, Amidim al Kivro, an amazing Allah. You bring 10 people to his kever, a minion. So an amazing halacha here that you bring him to your kever, right, to specify uh, the offense. Wow. Okay, and certainly if he owes him money, then you give it to his, right, to, to, to his, his estate. So related story related to that, Rabbi Abba Right, Rabbi Abba had some beef with Rabbi Yirmiya. So Azal Esiv Adasha de Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Yirmiya went and sat at his house. And so the cleaning lady was like, t- was taking out all the wastewater and she didn't see Rabbi Abba. I'm sorry, she didn't see Rabbi Yirmiya. She was cleaning out Rabbi Abba's apartment, doing sponja, and boom, wastewater right, right on Rabbi Yirmiya. Matas are zife de Maya Arasha. Drop and the water hits him in the head. So Amar Sabimiya says, Asuni Kaashba. They turned me into like a cesspool over here, uh, a waste basket. Kara Anafshe. And about himself he said, Meashpos Yarim Evyon, right? From Tehillim, let me say in, right? Halal, that I was lifted up from the trash heap. The Hashem lifts us up. So he loved that. He thought that that was great. That was going to be his kapara. Shama Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Abba inside. He hears all this commotion outside. He comes out to greet Rabbi Yirmiya. And Amr to Rabbi Yirmiya. Now I have to apologize to you. Because it says you have to go, right, and minimize yourself and treat him like a ruler. Okay? Finally, Whenever Abzera would have grounds for, you know, issues with someone, he would repeatedly pass in front of him to give an opportunity, right? So that whoever offended him would have the opportunity to appease him. So a story regarding that, four lines up from the bottom, there was a certain butcher in town, Rav had problems with, and the butcher never asked him for, uh, forgiveness. The butcher had done something egregious to Rav and never asked for forgiveness. So on Arab Yom Kippur, Rav said, I'm going to go to the butcher shop and see if I give an opportunity to ask me if, if I'm him. So Ravuna saw, saw him and he said to Rav, It's Arab Yom Kippur. Where are you going? So Yeah, I'm going to the butcher. Whatever, or he didn't say maybe even the butcher. He says, I'm going to, to get somebody to give me a, to, so, 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 ask, so, so that that person can ask me for mechila. Amar, so Ravuna says, this is not a good idea. You're going to kill someone. He went to the butcher. He was breaking bones of an animal head. The butcher raised his eyes and saw him. Amar, what are you doing here? Get out of here. So instead of asking for forgiveness, he told him to get out of there. And sure enough, as he was breaking the animal's head, Bone shots out, straight shot to the trachea, and killed him. We'll, we'll resume with the bottom line on Pezayin Amad Aleph tomorrow.